0: Let's go Jazz. Tonight, they dominated the Cleveland Cavaliers, winning by, looks like, 29 points. Final score, 114-75, setting, um, tying a franchise record for most home games won in a row. So they'll have a chance to break that um, this upcoming Friday against the Chicago Bulls, who made a lot of trade deadline moves so we'll be interested to see I'll be interested to see if they um have put their pieces together to give the jazz a run for their money or even though they have um frankly an amazing player out in the east Vucevic and if that'll be able to lead them to a win over the Jazz. But chances are I think the Jazz will break their franchise record, get 21 home wins in a row. And to be honest, um we can take a look at the Jazz schedule. I don't know the next home game, they're going to lose. They're absolutely on fire. They've been just playing beautifully. So taking a look, they're going to play Bulls Friday, um, Orlando Saturday. Then they have Portland, Sacramento, Washington, Oklahoma City, Indiana, Minnesota, Toronto, San Antonio, San Antonio, um, Denver, and Houston, and Portland. So Portland... They play a couple more times and Denver, they play one more time. But frankly, if the Jazz ended up closing out the season without losing at home, I would not be surprised at all. So I'm excited to see what they're able to do, especially here as it looks like Vivint's going to continue allowing in more and more fans. I'll be at the game um, on Friday night. So frankly, the last couple times I've been to Jazz games, it's been an amazing experience and I felt like Vivint has done a really good job just creating a great atmosphere, even with the COVID restrictions. So that's my plug for go into a game if you can. But taking a look um, at the stat line tonight, there's, in the long run, really not a lot to talk about. We can look at the fact that Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and um, Mike Conley all scored around 18 and 19 points. We can look at the fact that the Jazz, again, shot over 45% from three. Those are things that we can look at, and it's great, but overall, this was against um, a Cleveland team who decided to let um, Drummond go, buy him out. They're not playing Kevin Love, and they frankly decided to tank the year (laughs) to hopefully get a good draft pick, and I can't really blame them with the struggles they've had, so this isn't a good Cleveland team. Sexton is an amazing player, and I'm excited to see where he goes, but the Jazz did what they needed to do tonight, which was beat an absolutely inferior team and not just beat them like they did the Rockets right out of the break, but annihilate them. So fun game overall. Really great to see the Jazz put in their um, bench at the end and get to see Matt Thomas and um, Ilya Sova play some minutes, but, as well as Oni. But nothing super special. Looking at it, um, Jazz had 12 turnovers. So even against um, not the best team in the world, still had a few too many turnovers. Um, I would be interested to see how many of those came in the fourth quarter versus the rest of the game, though I feel like that's important. Um, Jazz were able to get 16 fast break points compared to five by the Cavs. Again, just the Jazz are the better team and they destroyed. So um, I do find this really interesting. The Jazz shot um, 46.3% from the field and 46.3% from three. So they shot exactly 50% of their shots from three and they made the same amount as they did um, two point field goals today, which you're not going to see happen often, but just kind of a fun stat and again when you have Rudy Gobert and he put up a game high 17 rebounds tonight you're not just going to have um he's not just going to destroy but the Jazz were plus 15 in the rebounding battle 55 to 40 so the Jazz needed to win tonight and they won tonight so I'll I'll get to the comments here um leave a like if you want and this is going to be a lot shorter stream but we'll see how long we can get the chat going tonight um Ice cream says I watch it and it was a great blowout. You have boogie subscribers. <laughs> well, four hundred forty-four. I had not thought about that. We do have boogie subscribers. We have that one extra four. When you know we're pushing to get Donovan subscribers tonight. So if you're watching this live or if you're watching this recorded, help us get to four hundred fifty and wrap that forty-five for Donovan. Um, again, if I were to look at it tonight. Probably the biggest takeaway is Boyan didn't shoot a lot, and he only played 24 minutes. So he shot five field goals, um, one for two from three. That was the only field goal he made. And so after last week having a couple of breakout games by Bogey, um, he hasn't had any terrible games per se, but he hasn't really made... He hasn't really taken as many shots as he could, so... <laughs> I'll be interested to see as we go and we, we go to Memphis on Wednesday, then we play the Bulls on Friday and Conley more likely than not sits out against the magic. Um, what he'll do these next few games, especially on Saturday. I'm hoping Saturday when you bring Joe Ingles into the starting lineup, even though Joe has been playing just really solidly to see, there'd be an emphasis to get bogey the ball. I know that the Jazz have really been doing that and they've been trying to get bogey um, and to a lesser extent Clarkson out of their slumps. And that's really what I feel like the finals come, um, well, the playoff prep that the Jazz need to accomplish. Because everybody else right now is playing really hot. Um, You're not going to get to play the Nets again this season, so you're not going to have a chance to play them with Harden, Irving, and um, Durant all healthy. You're gonna get to play the Lakers coming up here in three and a half weeks or so. But like I've said multiple times, you're not gonna have LeBron James or at Healthy. You might not even have AD. I think you'll have AD. D I'm um, both ADs, I guess. I think you'll have Drummond and I think you'll have Davis. But um that that's kind of the concern is the teams that I feel like the Jazz need to play, um, they're not gonna get a play. So you'll get to see them play Portland a couple times. And you'll get to see them play the Nuggets once more. Other than that, you might have some challenging games on the schedule, but I don't even think you have... I don't think there's a single game where, at least against the team, you're not confident um, that the Jazz are going to win. So, the rest of the schedule is pretty much cupcakes for Utah. Um, I did forget we have one more game against Dallas. I thought that we... um, had already finished our series against them. And I did forget about Phoenix. So those are pretty much the games that I'm interested to see what happens in. You have Phoenix, Trailblazers, um, Mavericks, and Nuggets. So after that, like I'll be interested to see how um, AD and Rudy match up. But I think the Jazz are going to win those games without LeBron. So really, there's not a lot to take from the next 20 or so games um, until the end of the season. And we're just going to have to wait until the playoffs to see what's going on. Um, Ice cream says six more. Yeah. Send it to your brother. If you guys have friends who are jazz fans, send it their way. Um, especially if you enjoy our content, the more we get the um, more we have on the live streams and the better it is. So Garrett Nielsen says, if there is one jazz player you would trade to the Cavs, who would you tr- who would you trade and who for? Okay. Um, let me look at who played tonight on the roster really quick for the Cavs. So, Okoro's awesome um, body wise. His skills are kind of lacking. So, um, we don't really have anyone at that caliber who we could trade. And same with Sexton. Like Sexton, I think is, has a bright future in the NBA and he would be the one I'd want to trade for. Who would I trade on the jazz for Sexton? Um, see, that's the thing. Like right now the Cavs are in a rebuild, so they wouldn't trade us Sexton. And I know that this is just hypothetical, but we would need to give them someone who is worth Sexton. The player that I would maybe consider would be Nyang, which I think Niang gets thrown into way too many trade rumors, and I'm the I also do it because he's the ninth guy, but I don't think Sexton is good as is as good as Niang. I'd prefer to have Niang Um maybe Hughes, but they were both drafted wait, no, I Sexton's been in the league a little bit longer. So I would maybe trade Hughes or Forrest for um for Sexton again the Cavs wouldn't make that trade because it's not in the best interest of them. And I frankly don't know if it's in the best interest of the jazz, because you wouldn't be able to play Sexton the amount of time he's getting in Cleveland. So he wouldn't be able to develop, um, at the clip he's currently developing at. So that's my take Garrett. Um, let me know who you, what you, um, who you would trade and who for in the comments. Um, what's our sub goal by the end of 2021? um, so our sub goal was, um, a thousand by the end of the season, we really kind of slumped at 400. So we're not sure if we're going to pick up the jazz. Um, it definitely helps when the jazz are playing well and they're playing well right now, but I don't think we're going to see another big boost until the finals. So end of 2021, um, would with our current pace, I think we're probably hoping for 700, um, by the end of the playoffs, maybe seven fifty, and end of 2021 with boost. Um, we're hoping for a thousand, a thousand is a nice number. It's when it lets us start doing more things. It's, it lets us, um, start broadcasting on our phones. So if there's a crazy jazz trade or something happens and we're not in a place in front of our laptops, we can do a screen, we can do a stream. It lets us open the community tab, which we're super excited for. So that's, um, That's our goal. We want to get to a thousand as soon as possible. And hopefully we'll be there by the end of 2021. If not a bit past, um, Garrett Nelson said, I would trade Sexton for Ingles and a second round draft pick. So Garrett, would you do that right now? Or would you do that in the off season? Because I, I would definitely not do that right now. Sexton's, a really great developing player, but he's just not nearly as consistent as um, Joe Ingles is. And personally, like he can't dribble with his left hand. And what is Sexton's height? Let me look sex. Okay. Sexton. Let let me just put this into perspective here. Um, Off season. Okay. I can take that a bit more. Um, I still wouldn't do it because Sexton is 6'1". Donovan and Cla- and Conley are both 6'1". and I believe Clarkson is also pretty short. So if I'm going to Clarkson really quick just checking his height, um, Clarkson is is 64. So you um the Jazz need Joe at the power forward small forwardish position. And one thing Joe's able to do, and the reason he's so good at getting the ball to Rudy, is because of the extra seven inches he has on Mike and on um, Donovan. So he can get, he's able to see the floor a lot better and get the ball to Rudy. So I don't think... Well, they might make the Ingles trade. I don't think that that would be a good trade for the Jazz overall, unless you're able to find someone to replace Ingles at the small forward position. But I don't know who I'd want... Um, replacing Joe there. So that's my take. I think Joe is really valuable. And right now, what's his, um, what was, how many did he put up tonight? So he didn't, he wasn't really, wasn't needed that much. He only put up seven. Um, he was two for three from three and did he drop below? Um, so he's just under 49% from three this year, which is crazy. I think, you know, when you looked at the first eight games of the year when Joe was just having absolutely miserable stretches and couldn't play, and then after he rested a few games, the the change in his play was really drastic. And I think that that shows the importance of rest, which is why um, one thing I forgot to mention that was really big about tonight's game is that you were able to basically not play any starters or main rotation guys um for the whole fourth quarter so now they got you know an extra 20 30 minutes of rest tonight they're going to fly out to memphis um tomorrow hopefully beat them on wednesday come back and you're going to have a back to back uh this this friday saturday so hopefully they're able to dominate the Bulls similarly and rest most of the fourth quarter the h- toughest thing about the Magic game that could happen is we're not gonna have Conley. Um, I think Conley's gonna rest all the backs to backs, all the back to backs for the rest of the year, which thankfully, because Utah only had the one game against Washington canceled in the first half, we don't have nearly as many as the teams who had multiple games cancelled. So um it I'll be interested to see how they rest players down toward to um as we get closer to the playoffs but I'm confident that Conley will skip one of every game in the back-to-back and it looks like it's going to more commonly be the back, the second game in the back-to-back. Um, what star player do you think is most likely to come to the Jazz from Ice Cream? So here's the thing. And when we talk a lot about the Jazz, the question is, what is the fit? How are they going to um, fit into the rotation? Like There was talk about the Jazz maybe getting J.J. Redick either via a trade or a buyout um, around this last week. So if you get JJ Redick, then you can't play Jordan Clarkson. Um, You just frankly don't need JJ Redick and Jordan Clarkson. And personally, I'd prefer Jordan Clarkson just based on age. And they have very similar outputs. I feel like as of late, and even though JJ Redick has some more playoff experience, Clarkson has a much brighter future with the Utah jazz. So Looking at the roster as currently constituted, um, I accidentally clicked off of that tab. Who, who do I think would come? So the Jazzers have a lot of money tied up right now. So, depending on, and even when Mike Conley's deal goes, um, drops down to cheaper, um, presumably next season, um, you're still going to have a lot of money tied up in Gobert and Mitchell that is starting to come onto the books and come into the cap. So, looking at who I think would be most likely to come to the Jazz, it would really need be need to be someone to. Um, and I know there's a lot of negative feelings toward Boyan right here, right now, and that I, I could look at some more small forwards. I feel like it would need to be someone to come in and replace Royce at the power forward spot. So. I'm not as well versed as who's coming up on contracts, what free agents are gonna be this summer. Um, I'm not so I and I'm not super good at knowing who the Jazz could get for a reasonable price to come and um take over Royce O'Neal's spot. So let's say Um I'll throw this out. This would be interesting to see. I'm not sure how it works since Zach Levine has been really dominant with the ball in his hand and the Bulls just got Vucevic. But seeing how the Jazz would end up um, meshing meshing him into the starting roster, maybe taking the powered forward spot away from Maurice O'Neill, would be intriguing. I don't know if he's going to come that way, but frankly, I really just don't see the Jazz getting a new star player or someone to... um, fill out the team. I think that overall right now, the Jazz are really good as currently constituted. And the only way you're going to improve significantly is if you get superstars who are better than Mitchell and Gobert. And I don't see that happening. So I think we just need to wait for Mitchell and Gobert to continue to develop. I think one of the most interesting comments I've heard just from a jazz man that really puts into perspective what we can expect from Mitchell and Gobert in the next few years is Conley saying it took him four years to finally be clicking with Gasol. So, or it was four or five years. So, I mean, that was Conley as an already all star level point guard. So, in two, three years down the line, how are Mitchell and Gobert going to be clicking? And that level of chemistry is. Could lead to us seeing, you know, 20-plus points from Gobert consistently. And if we get to the point where Gobert is giving us 20-plus and we have a full roster like we do right now, the Jazz are just going to be absolutely unstoppable. Um, Garrett says, Conley or Clarkson as of right now? Um... Give me a bit more clarification on that. Are we still talking about a section in trade or where are you going with that Garrett? I'm not I want to answer the question as well as I can, so let me know. Um we'll do our traditional or semi-traditional checking of 538 in basketball reference. This didn't impact um where 538 thinks the Jazz's record is going to end up, still 54 and 18, and then conference um Jazz are currently still projected one and What's most intriguing here is they've dropped the Lakers all the way down to five, finishing a game in front of the Trailblazers. So, and two games in front of the Mavericks. So watching that, watching how quickly Drummond um, gets into the lineup and how much that ends up helping the Lakers and if they're able to bounce back with him or if they need AD back before that starts. And, you know, if the Lakers fall into that sixth seed. And while I really don't want to play the Nuggets in the second round, which I think is what would happen if the Trailblazers Nuggets were the four five matchup, I'd rather play the Nuggets than the Lakers. And if they drop to that um if they drop to that six seed, the Jazz are going to be in a much better spot to make the Western Conference Finals. That keeps intact the um, depending on how it lines up, the Clippers, um, Lakers, in the second round or. That's an opening round, which I don't think anyone expected at the start of the year. And then, um, same playoff, same win-loss projection from Basketball Reference. They're pushing the Jazz a bit closer to 55 since they give you the decimal places. And they frankly have... They have Dallas and Portland not even getting to 40 wins. And the Lakers locking up the... Four seed by, by five by five games so or five seed by five games so, we'll see. They've definitely five thirty eight is a lot higher on Portland and Dallas than um, Basketball Reference. So I'll be interested to see who ends up being right on that. Um, Garrett Nelson said, just as a player overall. Um, Clarkson's really good. I love Clarkson coming off the bench. If I had to keep one of them, I'd keep Conley. He's a, he's had an absolutely incredible year. He hopefully has two to three of those left minimum, and just his value on this team. While Clarkson brings a lot of value, his value is a lot more important. I feel like it would be easier to replace Clarkson than it would be to replace Conley. Um, he was plus thirty eight tonight, and if you go look at his um plus minus, um. Well. I don't have a... Do I have a plus minus from ESPN on the whole? Um, Just frankly, him and Gobert, the way that they've been able to mesh, has been really beautiful. And Clarkson just doesn't pass the ball as much as Conley does. And I feel like once Clarkson is able to do a better job of managing his ISO while also being able to pass the ball, that'll definitely take him to another level as a player. And push him to an even more dominant role in who's the sixth man of the year. So that's my take on Clark Clarkson versus Conley. Well, looks like we're going to end the stream right about, um, so Tyler group just said, that's not what we got Clarkson for. And are you referring to, um, so obviously we didn't get Clarkson to be Conley. Um, and we do play we do play Conley way more than Clarkson. Um, so when you say that's not what we got Clarkson for, are you referring to the passing? Because we definitely did get Clarkson for the ISO ball. But Clarkson is playing minutes on the court with Mitchell, with Ingles, um, with Conley, with these other players. And while I don't need him to be a ball general and to be passing the ball, I would prefer to see when he gets the ball in his hand, not having it be like an 80-20 split to if he passes. It makes it a lot easier to guard him. You can sell out and know he's not going to kick it. So if he increases that and I don't, not even passes more, but looks to pass more because he definitely does miss open guys and better opportunities just to play his ISO ball. So, I mean, definitely He's going to learn, he's going to get better, and he's going to get experienced. But he does, in my opinion, just need to work a bit more on passing. Not get rid of his iso ball, but see, oh, they're leaving Joe open in the corner, and that's going to be better than this contested floater against so-and-so. And and that's where I'd like to see him improve. Um, Garrett just said, Conley has a bigger impact in passes. The ball, it seems like right now, it's always about Clarkson, and he always has to take the last shot at the end of a quarter. Um, Yeah, I'll have to look more at the last shot at the end of the quarter. Frankly, with where the Jazz are at right now, like today, Clarkson could take any shot he wanted. (laughs) I I don't care what shot he takes because he's that good, and the Jazz were going to win. So I feel like Clarkson... And Mitchell kind of share the last shot of the um, quarter, or half, especially depending on who's on who's on the court. But um, I'm really not concerned with anyone right now on the Jazz. But other than Bogey and wanting to see him have a few more, a longer stretch of dominant nights. But like I said earlier in the stream, we're not going to get a C see. Um, we're not going to get to see the Jazz be tested here for a while. And it's not going to happen that many more times, if at all, before the end of the season. So um, Ice Cream said, yeah, I have mixed feelings about Jordan. Um, so, yeah, like I'm not mad at Jordan. like He does what he's supposed to do. And frankly, um, Tyler Grope brought up a good point. Is him playing ball like that what leads to him being the best for the Jazz? Maybe if he did start trying to pass more, it would take away from his aggressiveness some, and then he wouldn't be um, fulfilling the role on the team as well as he could, and that would hurt the Jazz more overall. But you're not going to just be able to have the best bench in the NBA all, um, and have every player be playing at a starter caliber level. So the fact that Clarkson is playing still at a starter caliber level but not on a top 15, not on a top 10 team in the league. I'll take that and I'll take that with his bumps and blemishes because he's just still that good of a player and deserves the sixth man of the year. Um, so Garrett asked um, if you would like one NFL, te- NFL team, what would that be? Whatever team Zach Wilson is drafted to. Um, I. I've been cheering for the Saints because of Taysom Hill as of late. Um, And frankly, I want Zach Wilson to go as high as possible. So I'd love him to go number two just to rep BYU. But I'd really love if the Jets decided to either trade the pick away um, or if they decided to take an O-lineman. And my dream would be Zach falling to three and going to the 49ers and being with Shanahan. So that's my... NFL take right now and pretty much the the NFL involvement I have is Taysom Hill, um, you know where Zach Wilson's gonna go and I cheer for the Chiefs because Zach because of um, Daniel Sorensen. So that that's my NFL take is if it if there's a BYU player on the team, I want them to do well unless they're the Patriots and then sorry Kyle Van Noy, but I, I um can't really stand the Patriots so. Um, thoughts on wet crazy thoughts on wet. Sorry. I don't have my water bottle with me. So I'm kind of getting tongue tied. Chiggy asked thoughts on Westbrook's crazy stat line tonight. Obviously, um, crazy, really special game. Um, let me double check. I heard the line. I didn't see the final score. So my thoughts on it are, yeah, Westbrook went and did what he had to do to, um, beat a mediocre Pacers team who doesn't look like the Pacers had anyone out who was super important. I know that um, Beal did not play tonight from what I heard, and that looks like it. So thoughts on the crazy stat line? Awesome, but it was the Pacers, and you just have consistently seen that Russell Westbrook can't play winning basketball on a winning team to take them to a title. It's just, frankly, even though he has so many assists, the way he plays the game is just somehow selfish, even with those assists, to the point where his team is typically better and has a better plus minus when he's off the court. Um, I'm not really a big Westbrook fan. I do love the intensity he brings to the game, and from that perspective, I love watching him play, but I would never want him on the Jazz just because he's not an additive player, he's a subtractive player. So shouldn't knock on him after he had a great night, but that's that's really my take on him. Um, yeah, Tyler Gropp, Westbrook, or Donovan. Donovan, um, the biggest thing that frustrates me is sometimes I feel like he plays a bit too much ISO at the end of games. But to be fair, that could be what Quinn Snyder is telling him to do, so my frustration would be with Quinn there then. But Donovan, absolutely. Donovan can hit a three-point shot. You need that in the today's nba and we can double check Westbrook's um three point percentage but well it's probably not terrible and he has had some big ones in his career it's really not that yeah it's 30 percent from three he's he's mediocre at best and i'd rather have donovan any day of the week um chiggy he's more of a tempo pusher which is great but yeah he's a wee bit selfish with the stats which I think is crazy that someone who's getting triple doubles can still be considered selfish because you need those assists, but I mean the stats don't lie, and the fact that his teams the plus minus is consistently better for his teams when he's off the court definitely just shows what's going on there. Um, <laughs> agreed. Shaq was saying Westbrook. That's from Tyler. Yeah. Let me. Let's just put it this way. Shaq was a great basketball player. I will never take that away from him. He um and I'm I'm sure he knows more about the game than me. I'm I'm also not going to try to say that. However, he's paid to have hot takes on the NBA. So, he has hot takes on the NBA. Um that's what he's going to do and frankly, the crazier things he says, the more likes on Twitter he gets and the bigger his brand gets. So there's definitely some um some bias there. And from that same perspective, I'm obviously going to have a lot higher opinion on the jazz because that's this channel and I need to always err on that side of positivity or else it, there's going to be some rough nights. So there's always kind of like there's always bias in some direction and I I just think Shaq is always biased towards saying the thing that's a bit crazier um, or going to just snag the headlines because it's more abrasive. So <laughs> Chiggy said, I got hot takes. Where's my money at? LOL. Your money's at after you have a 15 year NBA career and win multiple titles and multiple on multiple teams, go do that. And you'll be a millionaire 10 times over more than that. Hundreds of times over. I'm sure Shaq is, I mean, well, has well over hundreds of million dollars in network, um, net worth. So I'm going to, um, wrap up the stream tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, Chiggy said that he's going to get his hip fixed, so fingers crossed for you, man. Um, hopefully you don't go dislocating that and getting another placement. Um, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate this all. Um, Dale will be on Wednesday. I'll see. Um, Dale will be on Wednesday, Friday, and I'll see you guys on Saturday. So please leave a like, subscribe, and go Utah!